I'm not doing this again, man. We are not going another week without giving out this damn lunchbox. Somebody just go. Have you have y'all never seen the prices right? Where something comes out and the person goes five hundred and seventy eight. The next person goes five hundred and seventy nine. The next person goes six hundred. And then the other person comes in and goes one dollar and they win. I'm just saying. Consider that. Oh, good Lord. Welcome to show 172. Bringing you back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town, USA. Good Lord. The week started off so well and ended so... Yikes. <sighs> Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, sucked. But first, if you're new to the podcast, remember to subscribe, follow us on social media if you want to join on YouTube. And uh, I, I just, I can't. I don't even have the will to do this. All right, if you're not watching live on YouTube, make sure to add your take to the comment section below this video. Give this video a thumbs up. As always, we're not here to change your mind, only here to offer our thoughts. And yes, we are going to announce a goddamn winner of this lunchbox if it kills me. Dude, where are we at? Oh, dude, that shirt. Love it. Hell yeah. Love That's, You know what? Uh, to answer the question on the shirt, a lot of people did say it. <laughs> did someone say Game 7? Ah, oh, what a crappy week. <laughs> well, it was, I mean, it, it wasn't started all... off great. started off great. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't terrible. I <sighs> mean, it wasn't great, um, but... It, it, it went off a cliff. Uh, and you know what? Okay, to interrupt. So the uh, there is no controversy. I found the winner. So there is a winner. Oh, thank God. There is a winner. There was a little bit of controversy. I couldn't find the original message, but we got it. Um, so, so nothing's in danger. Nothing's, you, nothing is fucked. <laughs> you have receipts. I do. It's uh, I, it was, uh, uh, it was not where I thought it was, but we found it just like the shark's power play. Oh, so to everybody watching or listening, we're, uh, <laughs> we're going to give away the lunchbox tonight. We will announce a name and we will also announce the details later in the show on how to pick up one of those, uh, what do we got here? The the 49ers jersey. There it is. So if you're interested in that, we'll send it. We'll pop the details on in just a little bit for that. But let's get into your weekly wrap-up of Sharks hockey. Three games this week. They went 1-2-0 against the Knights, Wings, and Rangers through 20 games. And we are going to get into report cards now that we're at the quarter pole. Sharks are 6-11-3 with 15 points, currently 7th in the Pacific Division. Hell and, yeah. And, and, <laughs> right where we want them, baby. Yeah, we got them right where we want them. And somehow have figured out how to drop from 27 to 31st in the entire league by points percentage. Hell That's yeah. Cool. The, hey, and you know what? I know... I know there's a lot, and we talked about it before, there's a lot of conversation of, oh, be last, be last, you got to get Bedard. Here's the thing. The consensus top three going into next summer are all immaculate prospects. Like, as long as the Sharks are no higher than uh, 30th, they'll be okay. And so it's fine. You can allow for a couple of wins. <laughs> oh, you can allow for... 
feel free to pick up a W once in a while. It's okay. It's well, I'm gonna... You know what? They could lose every remaining game of the season, and I would not care as long as they win when I'm at the game. Oh, and is that why you... Uh, they did not get the jerk bump Tuesday, but somehow still pulled it out. What happened? Well, so, yeah, I couldn't go to the game uh, for obvious reasons, and so... Um, you know, we thought thought there was going to be an issue there, but a uh, friend of the show, Jessica, was there. Oh, that's true. And so, no jerk bump, but there was a Jess bump. Oh, all right. And so it worked out. Collateral and so, damage. And, yeah, we collaborated. You know, I told her, I'm like, hey, you know, you really gotta, you gotta give 110 percent here, and <laughs> and, it, and it worked out. Nice. Ah, <laughs> uh, so the. <clears throat> Excuse me. That game in Vegas wrapped up, I believe, a four-game roadie. You got Reimer starting his third straight. It's like we talked about last week, man. It was rhyme time. It was time for him to take over that blue paint. This one was a fun one. A lot of special teams worked out. You know, Sharks, 50% on the power play, 100% on the PK. That's the way to win. <laughs> yeah, I Not mean. Many people are saying. Yeah, I mean, the I kind of feel like. This game, I know, like you look at the five-two score, right, and you're like, "Wow, that is awesome," you know, because again, Sharks fans are they're mu- they're much more uh, attached to the Vegas rivalry than Vegas fans are. Oh, okay, that's, that's and a, so I was like, choose your words carefully here. I don't know what you're about to say, but it could be right. Interesting. You know, the the rivalry is much is much more of a thing to Sharks fans, and I think for obvious reasons, but. Um, you know, you look at the score and you're like, yeah, five to two, like we stomped our rivals and it was awesome. Well, th- to but not only two empty netters and the game winner was kind of a goofy goal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So con- context is, is everything, but right. to, to go back to your point as well, it's like, you look at that score, hell yeah, we stomped the, but the thing is the sharks win this game have, we're like at the bottom. And mm-hmm. Vegas was clearly at the top. So all of Vegas people, oh, it doesn't really matter. There's not really a rival there or anything like that. Okay, that's fine. But wouldn't you think at the very least, like, you're the best team by record in your division and you can't beat the worst one? That kind of says something. Yeah, but I <laughs> but I think I think any given, you know, every dog has their day, right? Oh, sure. And, and I think at the end of the day, <laughs> look at us crapping all over a win. At the end of the day, you know, Vegas is number three in the NHL for a reason, right? Absolutely. And, you know, look, don't tell me that they these teams don't get up to, to play each other. And I'm, you know, I'm not buying it. The, some Vegas players or whatever, or whoever, I forget what it was, but there was some sort of media thing that said, you know, is this still rivalry? And it's like, <laughs> no, not anymore. I mean, it would be, a, <clears throat> excuse me, it would be a rival rivalry if... The matchups were competitive. Yeah, right. and I guess you could make a you could make a convincing argument that Tuesday's matchup was competitive. I mean, it was you know a tight scoring affair until the very end. Um, but again, like you said, you know, it's not a rivalry unless it's competitive. But and you know, yeah, the Sharks got the win. But again, got killed in the faceoff. Um, 12th had, time they'd given up a non-empty net goal with less than two minutes left in a period. Right. Uh, they had a they had over double the amount of giveaways that the Golden Knights had. Um, <laughs> and somehow still picked up a win. <laughs> I was going to say, the redeeming quality here, there's actually two. Uh, number one, it's uh, 
um, the fact that the power play was uh, one for two, mm. you know, they've actually you could make a convincing argument that the power play made a difference in the game for the right reason, you know, which is not something the Sharks could have done all that much the last few years. But that's obviously positive. And then number two, and I know <laughs> you have it written down. I know you're going to bring it up. The Sharks have. <laughs> the Sharks have been carried by their big players, right? Oh, and that's and that's not always something that's uh, happened since they've been missing the playoffs on a regular basis. Uh, that I mean, like you said earlier, dude, so many turnovers, so many giveaways. The Chichek had a giveaway in the neutral that led to the Eichel goal. It was. It wasn't great. And then there was a lot of starfish defensive posture this week it, to the point that even Reimer got in on the, on the fun. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, that was so hellaciously bad. <laughs> even Reimer post game was just like, yeah, I'm not really sure what I was thinking there. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly am not as fast as I think I am. Poor guy. <laughs> uh, for me though, let's, let's get into a couple of clips here because, um, Dude, the fact that uh, this is one of the reasons that it's like it's so easy to hate you, uh, Vegas. You make mm-hmm. it easy because some of the guys on your team, wow, and it happens to be March or so most of the time. <laughs> it just it just does. But here's here's a clip of March or so because they were bitching about not. I mean. <laughs> Here we go again. Vegas bitching about the officiating. Wow. I like, I haven't heard this story before, but check out this play, dude, or not the play, but just what happens and just watch Marchessault's reaction and tell me if it isn't delayed. They should have been called first. He thought this was a penalty defensively by Mario Ferraro. I think that's a good defensive play. Knocks a stick out of his hand, trying to take the body. I don't think he even got him in the face. Yeah, I don't think he got him in the face either. You, like he he, it's like Marchessault felt the breeze of a glove go by, and then you see the reaction like a, a second or two later. He goes, "Oh, I got to act like I got hit in the face, so I should probably whip my head back a little." Like, <sighs> well, and and you know, you remember? I know there, especially, uh, you know, around the time when the pandemic was was sort of raging at its worst, there were multiple, uh, <laughs> we'll call them situations. Uh, where Marcia so being a weasel and selling it like that was a conversation. And so I, I look at this and it's like, I, it doesn't surprise me just because of the history, but I'm also kind of like, it, it's just funny more than anything, you know, like I think anybody who would look at that and get upset and be like, Oh my God, stop selling it. Like, I think you're wasting your breath. I think you just like, if I'm on the sharks and I see him being a weasel like that, I honestly would just laugh and then turn around. Yeah, it's just yeah, that's your rep, bro. Right. <laughs> just to go Well, and dollars. well, and and you know, and and again, like we said, you know, it goes beyond the ice too. You know, the whole, you know, calling people out on Instagram, like it's it's very juvenile behavior. <laughs> oh, dude, that Instagram meltdown was one for the ages. Uh, another interesting thing that happened this week was um, I did. Did Eric Carlson not have the right skates this week? I don't know. <laughs> Last couple of games. Let's let's look at this. Take you back to Sunday's game in Minnesota. Here's what happened. Carlson falls, 
and the Wild go down and score a goal. Fortunately, the Sharks came back down from 2-0 then and won the game. Tonight, Eric Carlson backskating, same situation. Falls, but James Reimer comes up with the save. <laughs> James Reimer coming up with one of those rare saves this week. <laughs> well, and you know what? And I think to his credit, you know, with the he and I think he said that in Minnesota, you know, the ice wasn't the best, which, you know, it happens. Oh, sure. But you then would th- for but it, you would think Minnesota, that's if you're gonna find good ice, probably gonna be around there. You'd think, but I mean there's always, you know, it like any given day the ice could be screwed up anywhere, right? Um <laughs> David but Ayer, I think, David Ayers took an extra lap. Right. But like in Vegas, right, like he he even said he was like, I don't know what happened. Like he had no idea. But to his to his credit, you saw in that clip, he kind of was able to chop the puck towards the boards as he was falling down. And I think the fact that he was able to do that, I think, is a big reason why uh, I believe it was Magna was able to get back and Reimer was able to get set uh, for the shot that was coming just because of that little sort of desperation defensive play, if you will, that kind of uh, helped it out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's move on. I mean, that was fun. You know, to get a win over Vegas is always fun. But Detroit, what the hell happened in this one, man? Oh, I mean, now I get it. Detroit comes in. They're pissed off. They lost four straight, and it doesn't. I don't. I don't want to say get easy, but you have to. Be, you're coming in. You've lost four straight. You're not playing that well, and then Eric Carlson does this to you. To be drafted in the first round. Here's a chance for LeBanc, and he scores. Kevin LeBanc with the first goal of the game, and it's one nothing Sharks. Dinner tonight, I called Kevin LeBanc as the first goal. This is Timo Meyer. Good puck control through the traffic. Cuts back. She's Carlson coming off the bench. Throws it, grabs it, pulls it down. This pass is another beauty from Carlson. Nice job by Timo or Tomas Hurdle providing that little bit of screen in front. But what a look there from Carlson, who always seems to find the one guy that's open. This time it happens to be LeBanc, and he buries it. Kevin LeBanc with his third goal to go along with five. <laughs> Dude, that was so. That was gross. Like that, that was. That's play. Of the, that's play of the year. Oh yeah. Like, there's no way they're topping that. Well, just the fact. I mean, everybody's talking. Everybody's talking about how he kind of chopped it back, back behind, you know, between his legs to LeBanc, which is no doubt impressive. But I'm just kind of looking at the fact that he caught it in midair, <laughs> threw it in front of him, and still corralled it to where he could smack it back between his legs. Like the whole play with like. I feel like if you asked him about that, I feel like he would tell you that that's how he drew it up. Oh, dude. <laughs> Qu- you know Quinn is behind the bench going, uh, maybe we put that in the playbook here, guys. Mm-hmm. Might be the play. And, I mean, dude, it's a 7-4 to four loss. Like, everything started off well for the Sharks, including that. Hell, Nieto scored one-handed. And yeah, I couldn't <laughs> believe that. Jerk <laughs> fell off his couch. That was... <laughs> I yeah, I, you I had to have been sitting there going, "This fucking guy, what?" Well, the? and he did it two games in a row. <laughs> so I'm like, now I'm getting. I was like, "This is who are you? Like, what have you done with Matt Nieto?" <laughs> but they they fell asleep in the second, and that that's that's all she wrote. Like I said, did, oh, man, R- Reimer with the with the 
Starfist defensive posture. What are you doing, man? Do we got to get a length of rope and tie it to, you know, to one of the moorings? I mean, good Lord. But if you thought that Eric Carlson was like in on every goal, it's because he was. <laughs> like <laughs> literally. This, this shift chart is insane. 11 goals were scored in this game, and I think he was on the ice for nine of them. Good Lord. Hey, you know what? Guy makes a difference, positive and negative. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, but Reimer going starfish, that was ridiculous. I don't even know what the hell that was. Um, but I, I don't know. It was just, it was a, a good first, a sleepy second, and just an insanely sloppy third. But yeah. That's... Well, like the wheel, and like you said, the wheels completely fell off, right? I mean, the, you know, the Reimer one kind of really stands out. But I think what what makes this such a boot to the groin is the fact that, like, bang, bang, Couture Carlson, and it's tied up. And you're thinking, like, oh, man, like, you know, this team's not, <laughs> this team's not dead yet, right? <laughs> and then and then it all just kind of, like, as soon as, as, soon as it, it sort of kind of blew up in the Sharks' favor, it blew, it blew up in their face. And, and you know, it was, <sighs> it was over as quick as it started. Well, dude, I mean, you couldn't even hang the first couple on Reimer. You know, it's like... Larkin scores. It's it, it pinballs in off Perron's skate. What are you going to do? You know, it's it's a fluke. Then Wallman fires one through three guys. There's no way Reimer's picking that up with all that screen in front of him. But then, you know, EK65 scores off of a player's ass. <laughs> you know? Hey, again, again, I would bet you, I bet you he drew it up that way, <laughs> dude. He's like, nah, I'm going to use all the faculties that I have. Dude, I'm scoring any which way but loose. A lot of people on social, though, were ripping heady for uh, complaining that the Sharks weren't getting enough calls. It seems like anybody anybody with a red jersey that got remotely close to a Shark player, it's like, oh, how come that's not a call there? It happens. Well, yeah. What are you going to do, right? <clears throat> 14,134 is the attendance. I was told tale that there was a lot of red. For some reason, the Red Wings travel really well to SAP, and I don't know why that is, because I never see Red Wings fans in this, never see a Detroit jersey, any swag. But goddamn, if they don't like coming to San Jose when they're in town. Well, and you know what? And here's the other thing. And maybe, you know, I'm willing to, uh, you know, I'm willing to acknowledge that maybe this is a bit anecdotal, but... You know, I kind of feel like, and I, and I know a hand, I don't want to say a handful, but I know a few people who who fit into this category. Like, I feel like there's a lot of Red Wings fans that live in San Jose, or at least in the Bay Area. You know, and I and I I couldn't tell you why that is. You know, I don't have a good answer for you, but you know, I it's something that I've kind of observed. You know, just kind of out in the wild and and talking to people, and you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know if there's anything to that, but. You know, it's something interesting, I think. Where the hell are they hiding, though? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't get it because there's... Oh, man, I'm trying to remember where it was. was I, I want to say it was like in San Mateo. It was somewhere on the peninsula, but there was a bar that was specific for Chicago fans. Whether you're, you know, the Cubs, the Bears, whatever, they were your hookup. Mm-hmm. 
to my knowledge, there is no Detroit bar in the in the Bay Area, but yet they come out, man. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, and again, I don't know. Like, obviously, like <clears throat> I don't. You know, my uh, <laughs> my recollection of, of San Jose obviously only goes back so far. But you know, I'm wondering if you know maybe in some kind of industry, you know, there's you know was some form of like mass sort of migration to the Bay Area from Michigan. You know, I don't know. I can't. I can't say, but. You know, I, I know at least, like I said, I, I think I know at least three or four people live in the Bay Area that are Red Wings fans. And again, maybe that has a lot to do with, oh, well, when I was a kid, they were winning cups. And so that's who I picked. And I think that's fine. But kind of interesting that, you know, it's a it, it's something that's that's f- relatively frequent, you know, is it cheaper to go to SAP to fly to SAP than to catch a game at the dojo? I don't know. Alden, that could be a thing. Alden saying all these Detroit fans have been coming to games since they were in our division. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. I see, see a couple guys wearing the wingnut hats and everything. I'm like, man, where do you hide this the other 364 days of the year? Well, and I and I wouldn't bet, and I and somebody would have to confirm this for me, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those Red Wings fans are Shark season ticket holders. Oh. You know, and, and I've... This is going way off topic, but I've actually thought about I've what thought we about do here. But I've you know, I've kind of living obviously in a in an NHL city that's not my NHL team. You know, I've I've thought about like I've thought about getting season tickets for the Golden Knights and then just selling selling the tickets to every game that's not against the Sharks mm-hmm. and hoping that the collective profits would ostensibly pay for the games against the Sharks. Yeah, no, I've I've played that game before. Yeah, to, like found a uh, a tour that was coming through an artist mm-hmm. and bought four tickets, sold two for enough to cover my tickets. Right. Yeah, it's 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 good if you can make it happen. <laughs> and that, and that's the thing, and and we know the way the NHL is now, right? You know, giveaways and theme nights and rivalries and playoff implications, all that kind of stuff. You know, you can, you know, you could positive and negative. You can see ticket prices surge pretty quickly. I feel like you're trying to say it's a finesse. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Detroit in town, the local scribes caught up with former Sharks bench boss Bob Bugner. Now, I could sit here and read you the articles that Shang and Pashelka wrote, but instead I will just tell you, go check them out if you want to learn more. Yeah, we love and, those guys. And what I just said, we're going to get into that in a little bit. <laughs> we're going to cover that a little bit harder in a, in a scotch. But the last game, oh my God, a 2-1 loss to New York. Fifth straight start for Reimer. I'm not sure if he's going to get the next one, and I'm not putting any of this on Reimer because the, the entire team – just sucked ass. Mm-hmm. They were, su- you know, Quinn said they sucked. They were slow. They were soft. I mean, dude, you allowed 43 shots on goal. And I don't understand why the Sharks continue to be so bad at home. I don't get this. Uh, they did sell out. Qualifies as a sellout. Uh, but I was there. There was some empty seat. But remember, it's tickets distributed, not tickets sold. But either way, it was a sellout. But remember, it's a Saturday. It's against the New York Rangers, and we got a jersey giveaway and the whole 49er thing. Let's. Uh, I was gonna say that's <clears> kind of the that's kind of the hat trick for surging tickets. Yeah, sales, to, right? to, <laughs> yeah, to fill a building. Yeah. Hmm. So let let's see how Ottawa does tomorrow. 
Yeah, especially Ottawa on a Monday. Like that is kind of like you know that's sort of the kiss of death the other way. You yeah, know? Bit, bit of a <laughs> bit of a dick punch. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, that's the way it would all end. Although uh, let's get into uh, some comments from Quinn after New York. The dude was he was feeling it. Yeah, well that felt different. I thought we sucked in the third period. I mean, uh, I thought they beat us to every loose puck. I thought they all battled us. I thought they all competed us. I thought our puck management wasn't great all night long, but we were at least hanging around in the first two periods. Took some penalties that put us behind the eight ball. You give that team a power play, and they certainly can turn the tide on you, and we survived it. But, you know, just real disappointed how we played in the third period. I mean, to me, you know, that's as, uh, that's as bad as we've played since the Islander game. That being said, I won't take it away from them. I thought they were good tonight. They were quick. They were on pucks. They competed, and we weren't. And, you know, uh, one of the reasons they looked as fast as what they did is we didn't compete hard enough. We didn't win enough battles and didn't get into people. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, every, but really it wasn't just one guy. I mean, I, I mean, I thought our group of forwards didn't have a great night tonight. You know, I thought we were slow. I thought we were indecisive with the puck. We were hesitant. There wasn't any puck movement. We didn't complete passes the way we have. It was just a bad night for us, you know, and again, I don't, they played well. I think obviously some of it had to do with the way they played, uh, but uh, I just, uh, it was disappointing. I like the part where he like almost said the Rangers aren't that fast. We were just that slow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you go on Quinn. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, so, I mean, we've learned that, you know, when the sharks play their style, when they outwork and out hustle and outthink the other team, they can be successful. But once that goes out the window, so does any chance of victory. It's, not great, but hey, they did have a three-game win streak and three straight come-from-behind wins, including a win that was uh, over-the-top team in the West. So you got to feel about that because, dude, look at who they have beaten. I mean, they did beat the Rangers in overtime in New York. They shut out Philadelphia, and at that time, Philly was rolling. And that was in Philly. Then an OT win to, uh, against Toronto. They beat Dallas, who's at the time like top of their division. You get a shootout versus Minnesota, and then they beat VGK. I mean, all those teams had winning records at the time that those games were played, and then you look at how many one-goal games that they've lost. Like 10 of 14 losses have been by one goal when you toss out the you know the empty netters because those don't count against the goalie. Mm-hmm. But God damn, just a little a little puck luck, and all of a sudden you know the Sharks are like in fourth, maybe third place. Well, I think there's a lot there's a lot to it, right? Like obviously a little bit of puck luck to your point, but then also um just the fact that there's a lot of elements of this lineup, you know, again like we've talked about all along, you know, the 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 bottom six and the blue line where it's just <clears throat> it's just not good, right? And so Yes, I do. I'm, I am with you about the puck luck. I think if the puck luck is there, obviously the Sharks are going to have improved results. But at the same time, if those two elements I just mentioned, if they were just a little bit better, I think you see something different as well, right? Like, and I've been bitching about it all week. So if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. But <laughs> you know, Couture and Barabanov is a really good second line. Why, like, what? Why Nieto there? You know what I mean? Like, uh, but and, and scored twice. Right, somehow, and you know, we we debated that like all you know a, a good chunk of last week's show, right? But it's it just makes you wonder, like, man, if the and the, 
if someone if the third person on that line was just a little more offensively inclined, we'll say, mm-hmm. you know, how many of these very impossible Barabanov, you know, deeks and passes would would yield something? Well, I'll tell you, if Bordalo has another game like he had earlier today, yeah, no kidding, <laughs> he has a couple more of those. He may just be banging down the door, going, "Hey, Neats, grab a seat, pal." <laughs> Here, I was keeping this warm for you. <laughs> so, I mean, God, just a little bit of puck luck, but they, I mean, they have beaten solid teams. It's not like they're beating up on Anaheim. In fact, they lost twice to Anaheim. Somehow. <laughs> right? So, uh, which, so I look for, I congratulate Ottawa on their win tomorrow already. <laughs> <laughs> what are we playing, Arizona? <laughs> oh, and don't think that we've forgotten. <clears throat> <clears throat> I have the screenshot somewhere. I know Jerk does too. Mm-hmm. Uh, December 13th, we're coming for you, man. There was somebody who came in on the chat, on the YouTube chat, and oh, said yeah. if Arizona, if, if the Sharks, what was it? It's either if Arizona beats San Jose or San Jose beats Arizona, dude was throwing 50 bucks at us. So, And you know what's funny? And, and I don't, I, I rem- obviously I remember the comment, but I, I don't remember who posted the comment. But my my recollection tells me that at the time they were a new watcher. <laughs> so I could like, wouldn't it be just funny if like they were just some random person, like not even looking for the show and they're like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? I'm just going <laughs> to throw it in there. <laughs> oh, man. It, Swift Shark 13. Yeah, that's not it. I haven't seen that name for a while, but that doesn't mean they're not out there. Yeah, that that was you. That was you, Swift Shark Thirteen. If we lose <laughs> to you? Arizona, this you <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We lose to Arizona. I will donate fifty bucks to the podcast. We're watching you, buddy. Maybe maybe he jotted it down on his calendar and he's like, okay, I guess I got to log into that to that following <laughs> Sunday. <sighs> so uh, let's let oh all right, let's just get to this whole Eric Carlson thing before I lose my mind. Hey, did you hear that? There's oh, a geez. <laughs> uh, there's a new article that came out. Uh, 31 teams the Sharks should trade Eric Carlson to. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Just, just only 31, though. Yep, just 31. Seems small. So, the NHL, NHL.com, whatever. Sharks will listen to trade offers for Eric Carlson, says GM. I mean, you might as well. Th- dude, the headline could literally be like, Barista serves coffee. Like, like. <laughs> That's what the, isn't that what he's supposed to do? Well, that's like, <laughs> you know, if... The, it's like GM like, does job. But I want to know, like, uh, <clears throat> was there a GM one day that said, hey, you know, I'm just about to tee off on the back nine, so I'm not listening to offers today. Maybe hit me up tomorrow. Well, and, you know, and, and you know, similar to that, I, I had heard this piece of information. Uh, if you go to the gas station, you can put gas in your car. Do you know that? See, now, if you would confirm this, <laughs> here's the thing and, and i think the reason why it's very it's kind of like the sexy sort of uh uh headline if you will is because it's it's seldomly talked about you know in the public sphere but here's the thing and i and i tweeted this out and aj and i actually even talked off camera about this too every gm listens on everybody all the time ever yeah, like, like, I, don't, like, I don't know rings, how I can be you, more clear. <laughs> yeah, the phone rings, you pick it up. 
we like like we love obviously Timo Meyer, big fan of Timo Meyer, want him to resign and be part of the future. But if Team X came in and said, "Hey, for Timo Meyer, we'll give you a hundred first round picks," where do I sign? Like, you know what well, I mean? It, but at the very, he's not. <laughs> the point being, though, is that when when Greer picks up the phone and the guy on the other end starts off with, "So Timo Meyer," it's not like Greer goes, "Oh, sorry, click," you know, wrong number. Who this? Mm-hmm. You know, he's going, yeah, okay, Timo, let, what do you got to say about him? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, how many more clickbait pieces of content will we be subjected to if Carlson continues at this, you know, ridiculous pace that he's on? It's just, but a stick taps to Costanica, who, uh, from what I understand, wrote the article. I mean, brother, you need to have dinner paid for you. You need to uh, be tipped out in your tip jar. Because wow, did you do a work do work for a lot of people this week? <laughs> wow. Well, that, and that's the thing, right? It was you know the story was a, very much a false flag, right? And like, but it but it just it gave everybody. It's like, oh, look at what just fell into my lap. Let me write this ridiculously long article. I'm going to plagiarize about half of the original one, and then I'm going to add my two cents into it. But at the end of every article, I swear to God, it was, you know, Mike Greer said that he's open to moving EK. Let, let me just tell you, every GM is open to moving every player, as mm-hmm. as Jerk yeah. just said. So, yeah. like, that is not groundbreaking news whatsoever. No one is safe. <laughs> but... To turn it into this whole thing of, well, Seattle could use a defenseman. Toronto could use a, Florida could use a defenseman. And then, but at the very bottom of like almost every article, but financially and blah, 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 this will never happen. <laughs> well, you just wasted, <laughs> you know, 800 words, seven paragraphs to tell me this is, could happen, but it won't. <laughs> well, and, and the thing that I liked about, uh, you know, as you said, everybody was sort of reporting on it. Everybody. But the thing that I like speci- specifically, um, you know, Elliot Friedman did some reporting on it. But what I liked about his reporting specifically was he, like, beyond just picking a team. <laughs> we'll just throw that in there because only because I enjoy it so much. Right. Beyond, like, beyond just picking a team and saying, hmm, them, right? Like, he found some teams. He talked to people around those teams. Hey, what do you think? Is this in the realm of possibility? And then kind of broke down why it was or was not. And, you know, I, I had made a joke a few weeks ago, like, Hey, Ottawa is looking for a right-handed defenseman. And I was mostly being tongue in cheek, but there is actually some truth to that. Yeah, And there were like three articles that which, Hey, can Carlson end up back in Ottawa? Right. And I, and I know like there's a lot, there was a lot of like slobbing, you know, going on with that whole conversation piece. But I think of all the options that were thrown out there, I actually think that's the one that makes the most sense, <laughs> weirdly enough. Well, it, it might make the most sense for Ottawa, but Ottawa's not going to give the San Jose anything that they want. But, the, you know, you know Norris is off the table, Stutzel's off the table, like anything of value. Yeah, but there's there's other good, I mean, and y- yeah, because, you know, the by all accounts. you to send, send back a crappy contract. Well, and, you know, by all accounts, uh, you know, by all accounts, the Ottawa Senators have been trying to trade for Jacob Chikrin for almost a year and haven't been able to make it happen, despite having... Is that because their GM isn't listening? 
dis- despite having, you know, probably the best assortment of draft picks and prospects in the league, right? And I think that goes to show you how truly challenging it is to make a trade, you know, mm. especially one of that magnitude. And I know, um, you know, the uh, the um, on the Jeff Merrick show, you know, they had Ooh. Elliot Friedman had kind of put out there like, hey, you know, uh, if if the Ottawa Senators were to trade for Carlson, you know, they're not going to be able to re-sign Artem Zub. And immediately I'm like, <laughs> hmm, Artem Zub, you say? Hmm. And so it, it on that mindset, right? There are, and I hate that we're even talking about this, but like, say this becomes a thing. There are options, you know what I mean, to make it happen. Like, if I'm the Sharks, like Artem Zub is the first one. I'm like, you please and thank you. <laughs> sure, but it, I don't know. I just felt like if Carlson had been playing, like if say this was January, and Carlson's been doing this for three months, not three weeks, then I'm like, oh yeah, I can get it. But it's like, dude, for three years, there's been injury problems and it hasn't worked out well, whether it's deployment issues, he's having to fight with burns for for ice time or whatever it was. The fact of the matter is it's like he's had three good weeks over like the last few years. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, like, let's see three months of this. Let's see the consistency. And it's kind of like, oh, look, Quinn, like, solved the Rubik's Cube of Eric Carlson. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you have to find a good sort of medium to live in, right? Like you can be happy and excited with what's going on, but you kind of have to take a step back and say, okay, well, you know, this last, these last, this last month has been awesome, but you know, when is the, you know, when's the shoe going to be on the other foot? You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. When, yeah. When's that other shoe going to drop? Uh, Tony Couture in the chat. What is fair value for Eric Carlson? First round draft pick and a decent right winger for second line or young defenseman? Essential to get rid of all salary if traded or don't trade him. Well, look, you're, I mean, no one's taking Eric Carlson at 11.5 million. No one. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a team that would take him at 5.75 million, which would be 50% retained. And and, and if the, the Sharks would be out of their minds to retain 50%. Like I could see, they? Ah, dude, when you look at all the other dead money they have, I understand you want to get it off the books and everything, but I'm just going, you know what? I, the most that I can see the sharks eating is like three and a half. Like you can sit there and go, Hey, you know what? $8 million. Like that's do it for what he's doing. And if he's going to get you over that hump, because let's be honest, dude, if he gets, if he was to get some team over the hump for the big shiny thing, uh, you know, all bets are off. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, who cares if we don't, you know, if we don't win for the next three or four years? We got this big shiny thing to hang our hat on and and sell tickets for until we, you know, get out of this. Right. So I don't know. I'm I'm more concerned about Timo Meyer. There's a, a lot of speculation. I'm not saying any of it's true, but there there has been a lot of speculation. Like, is you know, is Timo going to be like, nah? You know, I'm looking at the tea leaves and I'm not feeling this, and maybe I'd be happier somewhere else. QO looks fat and nice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I still think specifically with Timo Meyer, I'm still kind of of the belief that, you know, they, they will. I mean, I guess it, it depends on again, and I've said this many times before, it depends on where Greer thinks the sharks are as a whole, right? Like if they're, if they're close or if they're even close ish, 
like it makes more sense to hold on to him. You know, we we went at length a few weeks ago about teams that rebuilt while keeping prominent players, Boston, Los Angeles, um, you know, obviously Tampa Bay, you know, come to mind. Um, so we, we went at length on that. And so if the Sharks are close or close-ish, it makes more sense to keep him, you know. But again, if it's, you know, if this is if this is a situation where it's like, yeah, you know, we we plan on being a playoff team when Vlasic's contract is up, which is uh, three and a half years from now, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, then you 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 sell high and you just move on, right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't know. there it is. There you have it. <laughs> yeah, time will tell. Uh, let's let's move on to our heroes and zeros this week. Uh, for me, it's just. It's been the big names. I mean, we're going to get to the grades at the 20-game mark here in a second. But for me, it's just all of a sudden, I mean, how long did it take? Hurdle scored in, like, the first game, and then, like, we didn't see him for, like, 10 games. Mm-hmm. And now he's starting to come around. And then Meyer got off to such a slow start. I mean, it wasn't at one point the leading goal scorer on this team, Nico Sturm? Yeah, he held that <laughs> mantle for far too long, if you ask me. <laughs> exactly. So it's just kind of like... All right, the and big you know what they're name. they're number they're number two and three in scoring on the team now, so it shows you the heater they've been on. Yeah, well, and that see, and that's the point. It's like Meyer, Hurdle, Couture, like your top three forwards are the biggest names, so they're literally starting to form perform to where they should be. So, uh, boys, that's uh, you know you're showing up all over the score sheet over the last six games. Hell, Vlasic, you talk about big names with big deals, three assists and a start of the game over the last week. So mm-hmm. even Vlasic doing well. So uh, yeah, but my uh, my hero, it's uh, it's the big money guys. Yeah, I dig it. I support it. How about you? Uh, you know, I've found and and this has been a <laughs> recurring a theme. This has been a recurring theme. But like I've in picking these, I've found it hard to, you know, I've found it hard to 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 pick a, a hero and a zero just because. You know, very seldomly this season have we seen somebody on the bottom who's just like exploded to the top or someone who was at the top that just kind of fell down dramatically. Like, I feel like everybody has sort of been either consistently good or consistently not good. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I had to pick one, just I based on kind of everything, big picture stuff for me, it's Alexander Barabanov, which I know doesn't come as a surprise to you. Um, But the big thing, I mean, like this again, the sexy sort of eye popper, if you will, 10 points in his last 13 games. I mean, he's he's making things happen, as we talked about. You know, I think I mentioned it two or three weeks ago. Nieto on his line, not the most offensively inclined player. So <laughs> so you, you say, yeah. So you have to put you know, you have to put extra work uh you know, extra work in to, to get him the puck and make things happen there. But also Couture, you know, Couture kind of went through a weird period of time where it, you know, he was out there and he was playing, but it didn't really feel like all that much was happening. Mm -hmm. And that has since turned around. And I think a lot of it is credit to Barabanov just the way, even when he's not getting on the score sheet, you know, he didn't, he didn't get on the sheet against the Red Wings or the Rangers, but he's still making plays, creating offensive chances. And obviously you don't win with more chances, but more chances give you a better chance at winning, I guess, <laughs> if it makes sense. Trust me. <laughs> Dude, that was some straight <laughs> Hedekin 4D trust right there. <laughs> you know, and I, I just think 
specifically on the second line, you know, again, it's kind of a weird mixture, but I think Barnabanov has been, he's been the consistent key there and, and, you know, deserves the, the stick taps. Well then follow it up with, uh, your, your zero. Now, if you're going to talk about the third line, remember Benino, Sturm and Cunning as of late. I know. Yeah. And I know, I know Cunning has been, He's turned it around lately. Again, the thing that I was bitching about the last two weeks is Cunn can't stay out of the penalty box, right? Well, lately he's done that. For, you know, two minor penalties over the last, I think, six or seven games. You know, obviously for him, that's an improvement. <laughs> you know, that's progress. <clears throat> you know, he's gotten uh, he he's gotten a few goals. You know, he scored against uh, scored against the Golden Knights, obviously, which that was a big one. Um, I so I know you can say with Cunning and Sturm, you know, they've played well. However, I still think as a whole, Cunning, Sturm, Benino, I think that trio, they're just they're leaving a lot on the table, right? I think they're it seems like they're just day late and a dollar short, right? Where they'll do something good, they'll do a couple things good even, but then kind of like the one crucial thing that's needed to maybe get a goal or turn the tide in the game, it just doesn't show up, you know, and I know, you know, I'll, I'll figure I'll put it on a T here, but the one that's kind of really shouldered a lot of the zero-ness for that trio, in my opinion, and obviously in your opinion, is Benino. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go from there. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Benino, like, dude, what happened? You need to work your way up to, back up to uh, Nieto's spot? Is that what it is? I mean, geez, over the last six games, Bonino's had no points. He's a dash four, and he's only 50% in the circle. His average ice time, 13.33. The six games prior, he had he only had one assist, but he was plus one, but he was 60% in the dot and averaging 15.05. So it's like everything is not working for Bonino. This, yeah, I'm sorry to say it, but you... <clears throat> You know, you're the zero. You better work your way back up to that couture line or you have your ass drop down to the fourth line. I don't know, but I'm starting to get a little antsy to see, uh, I don't know, Eklund centering Bordalo and Nico at this point. Well, and, and, and the thing that I had mentioned before, like we had talked about it over the offseason when the Sharks had signed Nico Sturm, right? It was like, why are we signing Sturm? We have Benino. And then as the season progressed, it turned into, why do we still have Benino? Sturm has been so good, right? Exactly. And I feel like as the time has gone on, that sort of divide between the two of them has gotten further and further every week. I just, you know, I mean, especially like with Benino, especially, I mean, again, as you said, the offense has not been there, right? Um, any, but even then, like I, and I know like, it's not everything, right? But you know his face-off percentage is—it's currently just under fifty-two percent, which is—I think anybody in the league would be like, "Hell yeah, that's awesome!" Right? Mm -hmm. But he's consistently been—you know—over the last five years or so, he's been a couple percentage points better. And now, it is still early. Obviously, we're only a quarter of the way through the season, as you mentioned. But I think. One of his strengths has been taking faceoffs, and I know again, fifty-one point seven percent. That's very good. But a player like Nick Benino, you expect more mm -hmm. from them. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how you slice it, right? One assist in seventeen games is not third-line material. It's not even fourth-line material. <laughs> it kind of sucks. Yeah, and 
you know, it, it's really unfortunate because, you know, I think we're both in agreement that he's going to be, at least from a Sharks perspective, he's going to be the the hot item uh, come the March 3rd trade deadline. And so God, you know, I hope well, God willing. <laughs> right. And so you hope that he can step it up, you know, get some more offense and all that kind of stuff and get the Sharks something nice that'll move them forward. Well, with that, let's move into our our grades. So we're, you know, we're 20 games in, it's 82 game season. So it's essentially here we are at the quarter way and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no significant injuries, uh, said, you know, except for Shimmick, but Shimmick could be activated for the game against Ottawa tomorrow. He has been skating. So we'll, we'll see that we will continue to monitor the situation. Uh, but look, what is this team? <laughs> I'm not even sure. I know it's supposed to be out hustle, out work, out think the other team because we're not the most talented bunch of goofs. There hasn't been a lot of that lately, though. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just rapid fire alphabetical order. Just give me it, man. Bear Banoff, where you, you know, A, B, C, D, F. Can we add nuance or do you just want the letter? Uh, I mean, give me a little context, but like keep it brief. Uh, I would say a a minus. Oh. The only the only reason it's a minus is because he has one goal. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it. I think I think I I you know I'm right there with you like a minus b plus whatever. Again, only one goal, but then did he even have a camp? <laughs> you know, like that's he a, well, and and <laughs> he started so goddamn late. No, so that's an awesome. That's a really awesome point because he's fifth on the team in scoring. No training camp, as you mentioned. And wasn't even ready when the season began. So, like, theoretically, you know, the law the law of averages would tell you that, you know, he should be poised for an even bigger jump, right? Yeah. I mean, if he's if he's the fifth best player on the team and he's behind everybody else, like in terms of their pacing, he's he's the guy <laughs> that I want. Uh, uh, Sorensen, he like. He's the guy that I want to turn into what they thought Sorens is going to be, you know, 20 goal score. And- right. And I, and I think I mentioned it, um, a couple weeks ago, but Barabanov is the one player that I don't, I don't really sweat all that much if he doesn't have a bunch of goals, just because you know, he's going to pile up the assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Benning, uh, going into the, F. I was going to say, dude, five games in, I'm like, is there, can we go, can we say G H? <laughs> But F, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'll I'll do a D minus right now. Like, I think I won't. Well, I would say like, I thought like the last couple of games, it have been a little bit better for him, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm severely underwhelmed. And I, okay. So I don't disagree with what you're saying, but when you're the second, when you're the number two right-handed defenseman, you need to be relied on, you need to do better then four points in 20 games and dash eight performance. Dude. And, and, and it's just kind of like, is that better than what Merkley could bring to the party? I don't know. At worst, it's, it's the same. Hey, now, And isn't Merkley's <laughs> deal a little bit financially better? <laughs> well, financially better, futuristically better too. Yeah. I mean, again, like, you know, potential game breaking young defenseman or your sort of, replaceable run of the mill kind of journeyman, you know? Yeah. And here comes Ian Reed to tell you how much Merkley sucks. No. Um, <laughs> Nick Bonino. Um, F. See, I'm, well, tr- I'm trying D. to be nice. Yeah. I'm like uh, D, you know, again, it's, I, 
Uh, for the 20 games, I expect more than a point. Yeah, uh, 100%. Like, you even, know? as I said, even on the... And the like, dash seven. Right, well, and, and we had kind of talked about it before. Like, how do you, in terms of offense, how do you quantify what you want from a fourth liner, right? Mm-hmm. And and well, I he's had played said, fourth line, third line, second line. Right, but what I'm but what I'm saying is, you know, like the 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 sort of line that I had said, if you will, is like as a if I'm building a team and you're on my fourth line, if you can get a goal a month, I'm happy with you. And we don't have that, right? Well, and that's the <laughs> and, thing. Nick and the Benino, month is almost up. <laughs> but that's the thing. But that's the thing. So by that logic, if you're playing on the fourth line for the Sharks, you should have two goals here coming up pretty soon. Nick Benino's been on the third line and the second line, as you mentioned, and he's got nothing. And he's on the power play, like. I know the Sharks power play is brutal, but like that's where you can sort of stack your your stats a little bit. <laughs> to be fair, he's on the second unit. Right. And which it I seems on average, dude. Yeah, but I'm gonna say, dude, it seems on average, Quinn's, you know, MO is to be like, okay, top line's gonna be out there for a minute forty-five. We'll give the last 15 seconds to these schmucks. Literally what I was begging Bob Bugner to do all along. <laughs> Uh, small sample size, only three games. Nick Chichek. Too early. To yeah, tell I was going to say incomplete, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Couture. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. B. B minus. Uh, yeah, B minus only because of you know he obviously the offense is there. You know he's second in goals, fourth in points. So obviously the offense is there. But I'm gonna again. Hang, I'm as, gonna. I'm gonna hang the the. I'm gonna give him a solid B. I'm going to hang that minus on Greer for not giving him somebody to actually play with. Right. And and the I think the big thing is like kind of like I mentioned there was that stretch there, you know, end of October, beginning of November where he was sort of going through the motions and not really doing anything. Yeah. Uh Ferraro. Dude, I, I hate to say this. C minus. Like, yeah, I was about to say D plus. Like I've dude, I'm He just I, doesn't seem to have the same intensity that he did in his rookie year. Yeah. And and you know, tied for for plus minus at a dash twelve. God, like, that's dude. so bad. And he had his first, at least in my memory. But uh, dude, when he went starfish, I went, oh fuck. <laughs> like, well, we're and, already and, there. And that's the thing. And and we had talked about it a couple weeks ago. We talked, and you know, that those first two seasons, you know, he was his defense. You know, just in terms of like handling a guy flying up the ice on the rush like his he was the best when it came to like shutting down sort of that you know one man show if you will and his and, engine was never ending right and now it seems like and again it seems kind of like going through the motions oh you know what i could push this guy to the wall and sort of check him in or you know i could starfish or put my stick out you know and and, and it's it's really unfortunate and you hope that it's just kind of a weird glitch and it's not a sign of things to come considering you know he he got some nice you know a nice bag yeah. here over the summer yeah i'm but, hoping that's you know, a it's a bug not a feature right and at 24 i think you can still kind of work that out yeah uh gadjevic i mean i just i get i guess see just because <laughs> i don't know it's a, i don't feel like a lot has been asked of him and i don't think that he's you know done more than is asked but he hasn't done less uh, yeah, it's, I would say probably, I think I'm with you probably a C only because like he hasn't impressed me, but he hasn't disappointed me either. Exactly. And like last, and last year there were a lot of times where I was disappointed with him. Um, hold on. <laughs> oh. uh, we, had, we had some issues under the table. All right. Noah Gregor, dude, uh, Z, Incomplete. Z, 
<laughs> I mean, if you're doing this poorly that you can't even crack this lineup, really? That's the thing. Is he doing poorly? I don't think well, so. But uh, but I mean, he's he's done something. I mean, every team, I guess, has their whipping boy. You know, before it was uh, what Bodker. I mean, <laughs> there's there's every team seems to have that one guy. I never thought it would be Gregor. Like you know, it'd been Sorensen before, but Gregor, it's just like, are you kidding me? And like we kept Gregor and let go of Balsers. <laughs> Christ. It, it's just in it, what I think what it, what it boils down to is last year to this year, you know, he's getting four minutes less per game. So he's already behind the eight ball in the sense that he doesn't have as much time to make things happen. But well, dude, he's been scratched he, for 14 of 20 games. Right. Well, right. And I, but I'm, I'm more talking about like when he has been in the lineup, right? Like he's getting four <laughs> minutes less, four minutes less per game. So uh, like, again, I'm sorry. I already, can't remember when he was in the lineup, but go ahead. Right. Well, and and already, so he's already behind. You know, getting less like less opportunity when he's in the eye in the game, right? But even if you you dig deeper, like his most, uh, like his most common line mates, like he's he's regularly been at the, you know, at the bottom of the lineup. You know, with your your Lorenzes, your Gadjevich, your Sturm. You know, like and again, like these are good players in their own right, but not the type of type of player that Noah Gregor needs. Like, I'm. I know we talked about it last week. I want to see Gregor with Couture and Barabanov. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I think that could be something interesting, but I don't know. Uh, Harrington, I mean. Incomplete. Yeah. Who? Uh, <laughs> Hurdle. I mean, if, the, if this was 10 games in, I'd be like D. Uh, I would say B. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. I'm like, eh, B, you know, I think it's starting to come around. He's he's starting to figure it out with the uh, now that he's like he's been rolling with Meyer for most of the time, but now it seems as though like LeBanc has been stapled. So hopefully that continues to play out and they work well together and good things come of it. So yeah, I'd say solid B for Hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um Eric Carlson, I mean, what is that? A triple plus? Yeah, I was gonna say A plus. <laughs> I don't even think we need to get into why. <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing. There I don't go. think there's any, like, I honestly don't think there's any more he could do. Yeah. AAA plus plus plus. Yep. Uh, Cunning. Uh, D. C minus. Yeah. All right. But yeah. it, no, you know, actually, no, you know what? D plus. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm just. Just because you want more goals. Like, th- again, for, for a third blind player, you want more than three goals, right? I mean, and, yeah. I mean, I'm not exec- expecting him to, like, pull the. You know, pull the lever and all the le- should, lemons line up. Get, but I mean, it, if he can, like, by season's end, you know, which he's not on pace for this, but if by season's end he can get to 15, 17 goals, I think that's fine. Right. Then, but, yeah. Then I'm there. But I'm but just, right now he's not on pace for that. You know, he's got three. He and he remember, he started on the top line. And, exactly. So that's that's been that's kind of why I'm like. You know, after 20 games, the the bill of goods that we were sold at the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, this was going to be a guy who was going to solidify some parts of the top six, and it's like he's not even there anymore. So, and to be to be sort of the optimist, right? His shooting we don't percentage do that here. <laughs> his shooting percentage is below average, which doesn't help things. Well. Uh, so that's one. Number two, he's not had the best line mates, right? Like he's True. again, like we had talked about it before, not. You know, like line mates, and obviously, 
Like at, at the end of the day, you're responsible for your own game, right? But I had my you, <laughs> but you still need to have quality line mates in order to like get a good flow going, you know. And his his I'm looking right now his most common line mates, you know, he was with Meyer, Hurdle, and Cunning. Like obviously that was one trio at the very beginning of the season, but most of the season has been Benino Sturm Cunning or Lindblom Sturm Cunning. I'd like Not, to know who who he was on a line with when he scored those three, you know. Obviously, well, the first one was opening day, right? So he would have been top with line, hurdle. right? Yeah. But he, well, but even then, not necessarily because two of his three goals were on the power play. Oh, so, okay. So we can't even score five on five. Well, this is great. Okay, I feel like we spent too much time on this guy. <laughs> I mean, there, I still, I'm just saying, there's, I think there's reasons to be optimistic. God, I, hope so. I, I just don't thing. want another Sorensen with him in in that it's like, oh, when you put him out there with an all world center, he can do pretty well. But other than that, he sucks. You know. Well, then it, it, by that logic, just always keep him with the all world center, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, look at Lanico coming here with the shout oh, out. Nice, Cinco Dinero, or I'm sorry, uh, Uno Dinero. Uh, shout but, out to Lanico. Thank you much. Thank you for that, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, Kevin LeBanc. Uh, I gotta say, dude. B minus. Five, five, I was going to say five, six games in. I'm like, F. Yeah. <laughs> but now, yeah, I'd say B minus. I think that's a solid. I th- Let's see where he's at after 20 more. Once we get to the halfway point, 20 more games of him finding some sort of a rhythm with Meyer and Hurdle. Let's see what he can do. Because kid has a shot. He just needs to. It's the shot selection for me that sometimes I'm just going, fuck, man, what do you need? The goalie to send you an engraved invitation? Get the fucking puck off your stick. Right. And again, he's another one, a little bit below average on the shooting percentage. Um, so you 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 hope that that would sort of come around, right? But this is what we've been clamoring for all along. Like, we've recognized the talent that LeBanc has, and we've said, hey, man, like, you get him in the right spot, and, like, he's, you know, he could thrive. And as we talked about last week, you know, it's been a little slow. You know, I, I, I would like him to pick up the scoring pace, but I don't think he's been out of place on that top line since he's been put up there. Exactly. Yeah. Hasn't stuck out like a sore thumb. And, right. And one thing I wanted to uh, mention, I forgot when we were doing, when we were talking about Cunning is the fact that dude has 34 penalty minutes, leads the team. So he's not helping the team in that regard. And a dash 12. dash 12. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oof, like this is an upgrade over John Leonard. <laughs> or Balsers. Right. Or Jonathan Dolan. <sighs> um, Oscar Lindblom. Um, F. Yeah. For all the hype about him coming in and like rather quickly worked his way down to the fourth line. Oof. He's the same as he's kind of for me. He's kind of the same as Nick Benino where it's like bottom line where you are in the lineup, what you're getting paid. We need more from you. Mm-hmm. The di- the difference being is I actually have faith that Lindblom will figure it out and that he'll get there. You know, I'm not feeling the same way about uh, Nick Benino and like with Lindblom, like again, similar to what I said about Noah Gregor and even Kevin LeBanc last week, you know, like put Lindblom, you know, with Hurdle and Meyer or with Couture and Barabanov. And, you know, I, we talked about this. The Sharks are bad. They have more runway to experiment. Leave Lindblom there. See what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Don't just say, oh, you know what? Uh, you didn't score in this first period. You didn't score a goal and you took a puck over glass penalty. You're off the line. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> slow down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Sharks are bad. They have significantly more runway to just try things out, especially because 
<clears throat> Lindblom, you know, he signed for he signed for next year as well. So, Ugh. you know, regardless of your thoughts, and I know Ian's providing his thoughts right there. Regardless of your thoughts, the fact that he signed on for next year, you have to find a way to make it work out. Dude, the fact that Benning signed for three more years. I know. Ugh. Um, Lorenz, uh, the, I don't know. D. D plus. I would, see, I don't. I I'm more of the C plus variety, just because. Again, like he's he's been primarily on the fourth line, and you know he in terms of a fourth liner, you know, again, goal a month, he's right there, right? Okay. I think yeah, I can I, see that. You talked me into it. If if I had to find a criticism for him, I mean, again, he's got two goals. That's kind of what you want from him. Stays out of the penalty box, which I, which what I like. I think if I had to find one complaint, it's the fact, and you know, the Sharks are a bad team, so it's kind of hard to avoid this. But I would like that fourth line to not be minus. I would like them to be a little bit more defensively sound. Yes, completely agree. Uh, Magna A, A, yeah, yeah. not it's, it's... and 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 you know what? I will, you know, I will take the poop sandwich and I will take a big, <laughs> a big juicy nice bite. bite. I'll take a big juicy bite out of it because I I let him have it last year. And and you know what? Deservedly so, I think. I let him have it. But this year he said, hey, you know what? That random guy I'm never going to meet in my life. <laughs> I, need, I need to show him that he's an idiot. And he has. You know, that I need to make him mow my lawn. Yeah, he's come in. You know, he's come back. And remember, like, he wasn't even in the main group during training camp, right? <sighs> and he's come back. He's been with Carlson most of the time. He's played very well. He's He's, like, he's the new Carlson whisperer. He's positive for one, yeah. you know, he blocks shots like a madman, you know, he hits and he kind of, he's sort of the complete package. And I think as long as Carlson continues to play in, not even at this rate, but just as long as Carlson continues to play well, I think through osmosis, Megna will continue to play well. Nice. Timo. A minus. Uh, see, I was going to say B minus. Okay. I, I just like... You know, again, it goes back to if it was the first 10 games, then I'm like, uh, D plus, mm-hmm. right? But I think over this last, you know, the last 10, no, he, I think I feel like he's upped his game a little bit. And it also seems like, you know, so, well, here's a few games with Couture. That's not working. Here's a couple games with Hurdle. That didn't work. Okay, let's try Couture again. You know, like finally it's kind of Quinn going, we're, this. you guys are my top line. These are the mm-hmm. three. And so get used to it, figure it out. And I feel like Meyer has all of a sudden been like, okay, now I'm getting it. I know what Hurdle's going to do, and and we're going to do this and watch this. I'm going to fucking score 35 goals again. Well, and that and that's why I assigned the A minus. You know, the minus obviously for the slow start, right? But I still give an A just because, like, even like even um, you know, with the slow start in mind, you know, he still he still has played well enough the last you know maybe three weeks or so. He's on pace for 70 points. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think he's on pace for like 33 goals. Uh, Yeah, he's in that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, 33, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like... Which he's right there, you know. Yeah, and we'll do. And then you, how many games against LA did the Sharks have? <laughs> <laughs> kind of goose those numbers a little. Well, but, and not only, not only that, if you want to really dig into the numbers, right? You know, Timo Meyer, his... Um, right now, his shooting percentage is at 8.4%. In his career, he's averaged somewhere between ten and twelve percent. So dude. you have to think that's going to come around. Dude, Ian's pissed off. He's like, "Oh, great, Magna's going to get five by five. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 
I don't know. We'll see how uh, Greer handles stuff like that. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> you're going to love it. Matt Nieto. I'm going to say B+. Plus. Oh, my God. For what has been asked of him? No. <laughs> Dude, I think... I, where is he at? Dude, three goals, three assists. Okay, C plus. I'll go C plus because I, you know, he's playing. I feel like he's playing above his head right now. Like he should not be on the second line. We've established that, but he's still contributing. He's not, you know, he's not. At least for me, like yes. Would you like somebody <laughs> better than Katura Barabanov in that situation? Yes. But I go back to something you said earlier, where for the most part, um, I'm not watching the Sharks game and and going, ah, oh, fuck Nieto. Like, it happens. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know. I just, for what is being asked of him, I feel like, god damn, I, I wouldn't want to be in his position, so I, I'll give him a little bit of credit for that. But you know what, though, dude? Like, you just said he's playing above his head. Like, and he's on, <laughs> he's on the second line, and he's on pace to, which, again, over he's overperforming right now. He's on the second line on pace for 12 goals. Okay. That's just, but see, that's but, just not good. But hold on. Right? But you, you admit that he's overperforming. He is overperforming. And but that my but friend is why I gave him a higher grade. Sure. And I, and I respect that assertion. But now, again, now after the next 20 games, it could very well could be an F, but you know what? The fact that he's overperforming and still not really doing anything all that remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> to me, what he is doing is remarkable because I, I didn't expect this. I expected him to just play, you know, seven seven a night, kill some penalties, and be on the fourth line, the the plug guy, and maybe, if we're lucky, we get a shorty out of him once, maybe twice. Now, now what if I told you oh, that he, what if I told you he was second on the team in plus minus? I know that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Bring it on, Morpheus. But, you know, he is minus nine, and, and again, that's yeah, not... That's the, again, that's that's, the ball that's, kicker. And that's not what you expect from your defensive stalwart, you know, <laughs> on the bottom six, right? Yeah. All right. No, yeah, okay. I... All right. C minus. <laughs> Talk <laughs> me into it. Uh, uh, Shimmick. Uh, dude, before the injury, I would say B. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to be like. That he played a little bit better, you know, and he's getting a little more time. But yeah, that injury, of course, I'm just going, God damn it. It's That's going to be his calling card. Is like every time he seems to like start to put it together, injury. And then, Unfortunately, yeah, and then yeah, just gets me. Uh, Nico Sturm, a a yeah, like dude, way more than I expected. He, and you know what? He's cooled. He's cooled down a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, felt like he held the team together for the first twenty. Right, and you and again, you, yeah, okay. He's been playing third line minutes, which I understand, but you know, for all intents and purposes, he is a fourth line player. And he's, you know, according to my expectations for a fourth liner, you know, he doesn't have to, he's off the hook for scoring a goal until April. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, he, he's, he's kind of co- coasting on his equity right now. Dude, but he's built up so much equity. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a bad thing, you know, and, and kind of like how we had sung the praises of him, you know, a few weeks back. I mean, obviously getting big goals, which is awesome, you know. But dude's dude, on pace for 25 goals. Right, you have that, and he's only and again minus five, but the whole team is minus, right? Yeah. And if your name isn't you know, Eric Carlson, you're minus. Right, and you know he state does a good job at staying out of the box. Only three minors uh, in twenty games, killing it on the faceoffs, fifty eight point seven percent. Skates like a motherfucker. 
uh, more takeaways than giveaways, which dude. is awesome. <laughs> Block shots. Like, it re- it he reminds me. the whole package. Dude, no. He fucking hits that ice like he caught it fucking his wife. <laughs> dude, it kills it. But you, but you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of the whole package. Like, he just does everything right. Yes, I, I did borrow know, that from Ted Lasso. <laughs> and, and you know what? And I saw, you know what I thought was funny about Nico Sturm? So he was quoted, you know, before the game. It might have been last week, actually, before the game against Minnesota or maybe after. But he had said he was like, oh, you know, uh, you know, I have no ill will towards Minnesota for trading me. And I'm like, OK, that's a that's a nice sentiment. But oh, shit. no, but it's but but like really think about it. Like, that's a nice sentiment. But... Oh, it's a nice. It's not true, but it's a well, nice no, sentiment. No, 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 no. But not even that. Why forget ill will? Why would you feel anything towards Minnesota? They traded you to the Stanley Cup champion. Oh well, then yeah. If that's the case, then it's just so kind why of... would he? Have... <laughs> yeah, he just... You know what? They traded me to Colorado, and I won a cup. Why am I upset? <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, who cares? <laughs> uh, if Genny Svechnikov, dude, I was I was so high on this guy for a while, and just like the I last couple, you, dude, I knew all along he sucked, and nobody listened. Oh man, I just <laughs> yeah, I it was you, dude. I mean, but however, eighty three percent in the dot. <laughs> Completely okay. sustainable. Remember, remember yeah, those two with, those with, two face offs. He won out of three. I was gonna say, yeah, with his <laughs> six face offs right now. Yeah, okay, sure. But you know what? Here's the thing. I, I will kind of be the contrarian a little bit. You know, he is he is one of three forwards that are plus, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? He's again. I think you know if if he is to kind of be the next candidate for the second line. I think he's going to have to do a little bit more to impress, but mm-hmm. he is definitely my, I give him a C and my sort of nuance there is he's not the worst forward on the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a real high bar to get over, but yeah, I'll give you that. It's, I mean, all of his, all of his points have come at even strength. So right. I, I, I like that part of it. Uh, Lord knows the, the, <laughs> Sharks have problems scoring five on five. I'd like him to shoot the puck more, honestly. I, again, yeah, right there. Him and LeBanc need to have like a shooting clinic or something where they just go to town. What is it? AJ, can we get you a hat like EK60, uh, EK65? If it's this hat, hell no. No. Do I look like I'm trying to sell you newspapers in the 1920s? I don't think so. Uh, and, you know, and, and here's the thing. So, uh, Svechnikov, he's one of, he's one of two forwards uh, one of two forwards who have less than 20 shots on goal this season. The other one is Benino. And, you know, so I kind of feel like you pair that. It's like, well, you know, the two guys who could probably stand to put a couple more goals in are the ones that aren't really shooting a whole lot. I go back to something you said at the beginning of the season where you're like, this is not the Svechnikov we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have much liked the other one, but whatever. Uh, last one, Mark Edward Vlasic, uh, A. I would say B+. plus. There you go. Yeah, A-. minus. Yeah, I'd be right. But in he's there. been it's... considering the last three and a half years, he's been very good. Oh hell yeah! So those are those are grades overall team grade. I mean, you know, based on their record and everything. What I mean, D plus. Well, I was gonna say, you look at it D plus. I look at it as A plus or no mm-hmm. A A. If they can fall to thirty second, then it's A plus. <laughs> okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> you, you get my my three D yeah, chess my, or my four D chess. Yeah, you're kind of doing the the sort of reverse psychology. <laughs> you're picking up what I'm throwing down. Right, right. 
So overall, though, how about the NHL at large through 20 games? Like, dude, I the Blue Jackets being the biggest loser did not have that on my bingo card. New Jersey going on a 12-game heater, not on my bingo card. But like, no, but the other thing is like you can look at McDavid and Drysaddle at the top of the screen, and you're like, oh yeah, that was on my bingo card. It was center square. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, that's your free space. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a there's kind of been a lot of sort of interesting little storylines there. Um, you know, I I, I kind of look at the stats. I mean, and again, maybe I come from a place of bias, right? But I look at you know the best. <laughs> The best statistical goalie in the NHL right now, Linus Olmark. I did not pick <laughs> that whatsoever. <laughs> no. But but again, right? Boston Bruins are sixteen and two quietly, sixteen and two. Yeah. Right. And isn't and, was it Marchand was like playing every other game for a while there? Well, yeah, because he you know he came back early from the injury, so he was kind of doing the uh, you know doing the Yager a little bit, just playing the home games. But right. Um, Toronto I mean, I, off to a slow start. Right, and you know, didn't expect Eric Carlson to be, you know, third in the NHL in scoring. Obviously, <laughs> I think it's fourth right now, but yeah, uh, he's tied for third actually. Is it? You better recheck with two, those with two other guys. Oh, okay. You know, so this it's I didn't ex like twenty games in. Did I expect this from New Jersey? No, Carolina. Yeah, about where we all thought. Yeah. Um, Islanders maybe overperforming a little, maybe. I'm I'm a I mean the the writing has been on the wall a little bit but I'm surprised that the Capitals have tumbled as quick as they have. Oh dude, yeah. Um even uh, though the writing's been on the wall for a bit. Uh Rangers I'm I'm kind of disappointed in them so far. I expected well, them Well, you you thought they'd be just blowing it out? No, no, no. Not blowing it out, but I definitely thought that you know at at, at 19 close to 20 games that they'd have double digits in wins. Fair. Um Pittsburgh, it's, I mean, I, I feel like Pittsburgh's kind of where we all, you know, it's like Crosby, people age. <laughs> yeah, see, I, actually, I'm I'm surprised that Pittsburgh is as low as they are only because I felt like they had done a lot of really good um, with their roster. You know what I mean? Like just bringing Malkin and Latang back who've played well, bringing Ricard Raquel back, right? And like getting all of them on, you know, very nice haircuts and <laughs> – you know, I you kind of expected, especially the way you know Jason Zucker has kind of bounced back a little bit. I I really really thought I'm like man, just when you think the Penguins are dead, like they find a way, right? But I kind of feel like they're just still missing. I don't want to say they're missing that one piece, right? But just like the pieces that they currently have, you know, there's a handful of them that maybe could stand to do a little bit more. Yeah, uh, Philly got off after that hot start, and then somebody l told them, you're the Flyers, and they went, oh, okay, we forgot, and then, you know, have won two games in their last 10. So, hey, there's the... I'm not surprised by that. Philadelphia is, like, the worst team in the league. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, there's the Flyers hockey we all expected. Uh, we already talked about Boston, Toronto. Tampa Bay got off to a little bit of a slow start, but they've come around. Uh, Detroit, little are they on the come up a little bit faster than you might have thought? I think so. I just, I, you know, they, they were really aggressive in, uh, in free agency, right? I mean, they brought in Andrew Kopp. They brought in uh, David Perron. Um, they've brought in Dominic Kubelik. So, like, they've been very aggressive in adding to their team. Be um, aggressive. Right. I, I don't know. I still was kind of like, mm, we'll see, just because, you know, beyond – Beyond Heronic and Cider, that defense is not. They brought in Ben Sherratt, though. But even then, like B 
beyond Heronic and Cider, that defense is not the most like sexy group out there. Um, and I think the goaltending is kind of it's very shoulder shrug for me, you know. All right, uh, Florida. Are you a little surprised that they've done this crappy, or like with the offseason moves that they made, you're like, eh, eh, this feels about right. I mean, I still think they were stupid for trading away their best player, but they brought in a really good forward, so it's kind of like, you know, okay, they have lose Huberto, but they have Kachuk. That's fine. But, you know, they traded away Mackenzie Weger, I guess, because they didn't want to sign him or they couldn't sign him. But as soon as, they, like, it, it, it's so funny. Like, they trade away Mackenzie Weger, their best defenseman, and then they turn around and they say, you know what? We really need a top defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> and and I kind of feel like that's been their downfall. Especially, I mean, Aaron Ekblad being hurt doesn't help, obviously. Um, but I just... He's on I the think, men, though, right? That's why they get wave balsers to fit him back in? Right. Yeah, he is back, which obviously helps them. But the, again, similar to Pittsburgh, right? There's They have good players. It's just the good players have not been particularly good. I mean, Bobrovsky, you know, it, it's the, you know... It's very up and down with him, and right now, this season, it's down. You know, he's not playing very well at all. Um, and again, they're just, you know, it seemed like they were getting a lot from everybody, right, last year, and this yeah. year, not so much. Uh, Montreal probably doing a little bit. I, I wouldn't have put them at, at a winning record at this point, but here we are. Yeah, uh, but, you know, that's... I mean, the wind could blow differently, and that will change, you know? No, I get you, but Montreal, I didn't think they would ever have a winning record this season at any point, unless they sure. won the very first game. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, Buffalo, I mean, Sabre's going to Sabre. It's weird, dude. They got rid of Eichel, and all of a sudden they went on that great tear and everything was good, and then all of a sudden the offseason came, and then like the Eichel bloom fell off the rose, and now they're, oh, same old Sabres, 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Uh, Ottawa has been a surprise for me. I had higher expectations than six, ten, and one. Well, you know they kind of they were behind the eight ball really early. I mean, Artem Zub was hurt. Josh Norris is currently hurt. Um, so they're they've kind of been behind the eight ball. Thomas Shabbat is also currently hurt. I mean, they're you know their number one center and their top two defensemen all injured. Like so, yeah, it's they're kinda, hosed. Not only that, and, and you know what, Zub is back, and I think Shabbat is close. But Josh Norris, I mean is probably going to be out for all or most of the year. But the thing is, is like, they're, you know, and, and we had kind of talked about it over the summer, but, like, even though they had done a lot of really good things for their team, their goaltending is still all not all that impressive, right? And I know they brought in Cam Talbot, who's a really good goalie, but you questioned who was behind him, right? And then, oh, crap, Cam Talbot gets hurt, you know? so <laughs> Oh, here we are. Right, so <sighs> there's, yeah. Yeah, I had I had more hope for them. Uh, in the West, Dallas at number one after twenty games. Shocked. I'm not totally shocked. Okay, no, I'm a little shocked. <laughs> I, I mean, like very very obvious that they were on the upswing, but, but, but I didn't know, think it would be this quick. No, and of course it would because you know why? Hmm. Peter DeBoer hmm. does his best work sure. that first year. Well, Next and you year know, is gonna suck for Dallas. <laughs> well, and 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 that's and that's the thing. Like I said, you know, you, very obvious Dallas was on the upswing, but you didn't think it was gonna be this quick, right? But again, that crazy good top line that they had last year is, you know, Robertson, Hints, Pavelski. They're all over point per game. Which what were you know, they on the upswing coming in though? I mean, aside from that top line, and then you know, uh, if Otter can do Otter things, you, but they I lost. So. I mean, they lost Klingberg, and you know, didn't really replace and. 
Right. Well, I mean, they brought it. I mean, you know, they they got Mason like they brought and in my, Mason, Marchman. Mason Marchman was good, but it all didn't they, and they signing Robertson was like at the eleventh hour. It was, but he, you know, he leads their team in scoring. So, <laughs> oh, give <laughs> but, every player the summer off, <laughs> right? But you know, like <laughs> pre preseason, uh, be damned. Fuck training. Who needs it? <laughs> right, but you but you look at that team. You know the top line is really good. The goaltender is really good. You know they still have Heiskinen, who's really good. But they, you know, they the guys they added have have really turned the tide for them. Mason Marchman has been good. Niels Lundqvist has been decent. You know, I I think once he sort of settles in, I think he'll be really good for them. A full season of Jake Ottinger as well. You know, last year he was kind of getting the jam a little bit. But there's sort of the X factor here for me. And again, I think a big chunk of it could be attributed to the the PDB bump. Jamie Ben has come alive. Yeah, wh- who woke him up? Right, because if you remember, like there was that couple year stretch where he, you know, he won an art he won an art Ross Trophy. Yeah, and and was like really like, oh, this is the premier power forward in the league, right? And then right around the time, you know, the season before COVID and then the three COVID seasons, you know, it was kind of like, oh shit, maybe Jamie Bennett 9 million is not what we want, mm-hmm. but he's been really good this year. And I think they had talked about like, oh, you know, we have Ben, we have Sagan, we want to get a really good third for that line. And, and, you know, it was supposed to be Mason Marchand and obviously they've blown things up a little bit with their lines, but the team as a whole has been really good. And, you know, I think it's all, it's all through osmosis, I think. Uh, the rest of the central, I gotta, gotta be honest, like kind of shook out the way we all thought it was going to be like Chicago and Arizona in the basement. And you know, but maybe Nashville has done, I mean, they're 500 along with Minnesota. Maybe I would expect a little bit more from Minnesota, maybe a little less from Nashville, but the rest of it is kind of, yeah, Colorado, St. Louis, maybe Winnipeg overperforming a little right now, but I don't know. No, at least aside from Dallas being Mm -hmm. number one, like I would have seen them like two, three, or four, I look at the central and I go, yeah, that look like that looks right. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. You know, I wasn't overly interested with national or Minnesota, to be honest with you. And the, you know, I've, I think probably to a fault, I've been high on the Winnipeg jets for a long time. And I was thinking, you know, they were bad. They weren't very good last year, you know, and then they, they take the C off of Blake Wheeler and, you know, there's, are they going to trade Wheeler? Are they going to trade Shifley? Are they going to trade Pierre-Luc Dubois? Like there's been all this controversy surrounding them, but they've played very well. You know, their, their, their best forwards have been really good. Neil Pionk, you know, appears to have come back around. He kind of quieted down, you know, on their blue line. And same thing with Connor Hellebuck. Like Connor Hellebuck, he looks like the Vesna goalie that everybody was pegging him as. Well, you know, and, and over the last 10 games, no one in the central has a better record than Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just quietly doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's the key word right there. Quietly. Uh, in the Pacific, uh, I don't know a lot of people had L.A. in the second slot at this point. <laughs> as no. high as I was on L.A., I did not have them in the second slot here. Um, uh, what it, What is more surprising for you? The fact that Vegas is number one. Because you, you, I don't remember you being too high on Vegas when we did the preview. Dude, I said, dude, I said Vegas was going to miss the playoffs and Vancouver was going to take their spot. <laughs> So what is more surprising for you, Vegas being number one right now or that, you know, Edmonton isn't? Now, granted, you have the injury to Kane and everything, but still. Yeah, I thought Edmonton would be better than, certainly better than Seattle and 
probably better than Los Angeles, but I just it, it this kind of feels like the the um the sort of rotation that Edmonton goes through, right? Where they start really slow and then as things get rolling, they pick it up, you know, and they get moving cuz I mean, they're you look at their like McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Kane, like have all been really good. You know, I think Geez, I mean, only three assists for Yamamoto in 13 games. You want, you definitely want more from Yamamoto. You want more from Jesse Pugliarvi. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's their, it's that the middle six secondary scoring that's been, you know, the problem for them. But not only that, Jack Campbell, big free agent deal, right? Jack Campbell's been brutal. They've had to, they've basically, from what I understand, have either been splitting him with Stuart Skinner or just giving the net outright to Stuart Skinner. So I, I think they're surprised that they didn't make that move earlier, but. Yeah, I think they're. A, I just think they're a little bit rattled to start the season, but their team is very good. I think. I, I don't think another defenseman would kill them, but I think once things sort of settle down, I think they're going to be right there. Um, they'll definitely overtake Seattle. I mean, for me, Seattle is kind of this year's Anaheim, right? And what? Yeah. Well, in in what regard? Show your work. What are you talking about? Well, remember, remember last year, you know, a third of the season, Anaheim was in a playoff spot, and I said, "No, dude, they're going to tumble quicker than a bag of rocks," and then they did. Oh, I and don't I think see, Seattle's I don't the same thing. Well, I mean, yes. write it down, dude. Well, okay, but I'm just <laughs> saying uh, because when it's an e- that's an easy call to make when you look at who's in between the pipes. But Martin Jones right now better numbers than Reimer Gakinen. I mean, dude. Chief has a 9.13 with a 2.3 goals against. Yeah, you know what? Um, <laughs> You're like unsustainable. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, Rome fell, right? Oh! So. <laughs> oh, we'll see what happens when Grubauer like returns. But oof. I yeah. mean, dude, if you had told, if you had shown me two stat lines, and one was 9.13 save percentage, 2.3 goals against, or 8.60 save percentage, 3.7. And you're like, one of those belongs to Grubauer and one of those belongs to Jones. I think we all know what everybody would have said. Right. And it would have been the opposite of what it actually is. So, all right. That's uh, that's kind of where we're at after 20 games. I can't wait to see where we get at the uh, halfway mark because obviously things are going to continue to be fluid and move around. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else from the NHL? Well, just a couple things. Montreal, did they introduce a mascot called Metal? I don't even know what that means. Do MTL, right? So short, you know, the Montreal, short for Montreal. But they, I, dude, I don't know what this is, but uh, I encourage you go figure it out for me, and then leave the comment in the chat or in the co- or in the uh, in the comment section because I'm not sure what the hell this mascot has to do with anything. But they certainly brought down the house for the introduction. Oh yeah, they do have. I don't know what the hell that thing is. So well, I like how Fire Lindy became Sorry Lindy in New Jersey after a 12 game heater. <laughs> so now, so now, dude, nobody cares about Montreal's mascot. No, so I'm looking at it. <laughs> so, so Yuppie is still their mascot, but Metal is going to be their mascot for their reverse retro games. Oh my God. So they fucking broke out a mascot for like eight games? Yeah, they ha- <laughs> Are you kidding me? Jesus. No, to be fair, it would have been funny if the Sharks had like brought out a seal. But anyway. No, it would not have been funny. <laughs> no, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had some GM meetings this week. Uh, they're going to keep the penalty for an unsuccessful coach's challenge. I'm I think fine that's with, fine. Yeah, I love that. 
Puck over glass will not become a discretionary call. I don't think it should. It either goes over or, you know, it, when you start judging intent, things go off the rails. I agree. But of <laughs> and, course, and show me I, the one guy who sit there and goes, yeah, I meant to put it out. <laughs> right. But I also, I'm also of the belief that the puck over glass thing should be treated like an icing. I don't think it should be a penalty. Ah, okay. I, that, fair. Uh, everyone has to wear a bucket now, I guess, during warm up. So, uh, those beautiful quaffs you're not going to quite see anymore. If it keeps people safe, whatever. Sure. Uh, GMs asked for more information about the net being pushed off the moorings. Uh, I guess analytic, or anecdotally, it's happening more often. Maybe there should be a penalty. I. That's. It's a tough call. At the very least, I think maybe you try to make it reviewable because sometimes it's just shitty ice. A guy glides by it and the thing just pops right up. What was it? The games in Prague, it felt like they were falling over anytime. Like somebody blew too hard on the other end. Right. And I think that's attributed to, I think Couture said that the ice in Prague was like slush. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's something that should be reviewed. Cause I remember dude, Dallas, man, Marty Turco. It seemed like anytime the puck got within 20 feet of him and he was like, Oh shit. Oh, excuse me. While I just knocked this off and get a stoppage. Like they're, I, I think they're at the very least it could be reviewed. Well, but again, going back to what you said, like when it comes to the net coming off, like you're you're judging intent, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, exactly. That's the very difficult part of it is you you know because you're gonna blow the whistle anyway, obviously because right. it's off. So maybe you take I don't know, you try to find some quick look at it, and it's like. Oh, well, if it's blatantly obvious that, you know, Chief, like the goalie wasn't even anywhere near what happened. One guy banged another guy into it and, and knocked it off. That's fine. But when you see, like, it's literally just the goalie around it and it just boink, pops off. You're like, hey, how how the hell did that happen? Right. You know, I don't know. Uh, but the request is there for more data. There was a cap update similar to the Board of Governors conversation. The hope is it will be more than $1 million, closer to the $86 million mark. We're all at 82.5 now. Does 86 sound doable to you for next season? I think so. I mean, just what they've what they've kind of said is their projections for revenues and all that kind of stuff, you know, and and I think the fact that the fact that the salary cap went up a million dollars for this season after we thought it was going to be stagnant, I think, was an early indicator that things are starting to trend in the right direction. Oh, dude! And, all that, all that, all that coin from the uh, digital ads and the jersey ads. Right. Well, and there's so much more to it, right? Oh, and sure. you know, reverse retro 2.0 and gambling and the new television deals. I mean, there's it's it's a it's a it's a smorgasbord of of positive things. But this podcast brought to you by DraftKings. <laughs> Um, but I think, you know, they had, they had talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, next year, a million. And then in two years, it was going to be, I believe what three and a half million. And then in three years, it's going to be like 7 million or something. If we're going to see, let's just say hypothetically, if we're going to see three and a half million jump for next year, like that's, <coughs> you can only imagine where it's going to go after next year. And I think that's why, you know, the people who are worried about Eric Carlson's contract or Timo Meyer's contract or all the dead money. Like, I feel like as the salary cap starts to go up over the next three years, all of these issues are going to become moot. Cool. Uh, so with that, let's uh, move on to that other team in San Jose. Ooh, Barracuda. Well, interesting week for the other team, <laughs> to say the least. The Cuda 
played three games this week, including a 3 nothing shutout for Strauss Mann over San Diego. That is so cool. And to reward him, he was immediately sent to the Wichita Thunder. <laughs> uh, goals in that one came from Weatherby, Reedy, and Agazino. Then the Cuda finished this weekend up with a pair against Tucson. Uh, boy, the Roadrunners kind of ran all over the Barracuda. They got a three. <laughs> they were up three nothing, and then somehow lost six to three. <laughs> like meow, maybe. Uh, Eklund, Reedy, and Agazino. So it's two straight games that Reedy and Agazino get on the board, but the Cuda allowed six straight. That's that's a kick in the in the smalls. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't have written down. Maybe Ian can pop it in. Who the hell was the goalie in that? And was there more than one? Because if, if you know if Strauss is already down, and I know McAniemy played today, so I wonder if that was Dell. They got lit up like a Roman candle. But the second game finished up a couple hours ago and was quite a different story. You had goals from Gushkin, Eklund, uh, Kanajev, and then a natural hat trick from Bordalo. Huge. Yeah, huge. So a six nothing win, and so boom, two shutouts for the Cuda this week. One from Man, one from McAniemy. You got Eklund scoring multiple goals, Reedy scoring, Agazino scoring. A lot of a lot of good stuff, man. And uh Cooter gonna finish up. Tristan a- Robbins. Oh, that's right. So it was Dell. Ian confirming. Yeah, it was Dell. He got woof. Uh but yeah, Tristan, nice. Oh, two of the six were emptying it. Good. <laughs> and and Ian also pointing out that McAdamy going to Wichita is not a demotion. Which nice. I agree with. I mean, okay, yes. Well, AHL to ECHL. Hold on, man, man went to Wichita, not McAnemy. What did I say? You said McAnemy. Oh, yes, man, sorry. You know, okay, yes, a- AHL to ECHL, you know, you can. there's a lot you can say there. But at the end of the day, man, he's getting playing time and he's playing well, right? Hell yeah. So that's how I choose to look at it. And I think that's how Ian chooses to look at it as well. Sure. Uh, the Cooter are going to finish up a five-game roadie this week at Ontario on Wednesday, then in Henderson for a Black Friday matinee. You doing anything on Friday? Might have to head to Henderson, do you? Uh, I'm not going to be in Southern Nevada on Friday. Oh, actually. there you go. And then on Saturday, they will be uh, at Bakersfield. Cuda currently have improved their record to 8-6-0-1, currently fifth in the Pacific Division. Hopefully, we were promised we were going to get some, some games on NBCSN at some point. Hopefully, that's going to happen relatively soon. <sighs> we're close to being close. We're, and, and I love that. Who, who doesn't want to be close to close? <laughs> <laughs> hey, can we give away this lunchbox? Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, unless you have anything else. I got, you know, a, just a, a couple of quickie things. But uh, yeah, sure, let, hit it. Let, hit it. Let, no, hit go ahead. Quick. You first. You first. No, 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 no. Hit because this is going to take a while. So hit the quickies. Oh, well, it's, I don't know. <laughs> okay, fine. My whole thing is that I just, I kind of went over earlier, but I just want to say stick taps to Katsunika at NHL for generating so much content for everybody else. That's mm-hmm. you demand. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. Uh... There was a lot of, oh, uh, Eric Carlson will, you know, is rumored to be traded, blah, blah, blah. Here's the original article. Like, you know, if anything, you know, like, yeah, you know, he did. That's that's my point, though. I mean, he he generated content for everybody else, to your point. But in a way, you could make the argument that everybody else's work got viewers to his original article, right? If they, you know, I mean, if they actually talk about it or link to it or whatnot is it you know because sure. let's be honest there's some people not the most ethical folks in the world and they'll sit there and go you know 
there were reports that Mike Green. Okay, who made the report? You know, they did. They kind of many people. <laughs> yeah, they kind of gloss right over that. So you know, based on the article, you know, multiple podcasts, blogs, other social media posts, turned his column or question into content when they could have just retweeted him. It's you know, it's like it's like wearing a T-shirt with a picture of another T-shirt on it. <laughs> or, you know, here, here's a Xerox of a crayon drawing that I did of the Mona Lisa when I could have just retweeted a photo of the actual Mona Lisa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. I hear that. Yeah. It's like, imagine, then we're just going to animate the the clip that we showed you earlier of, uh, of Eric Carlson falling instead of like the actual one. Right. You know, I don't ever remember picking up a piece of, uh, picking up a paper, like a newspaper or a magazine. And reading about a different paper in an article in that paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just come on. Help other people out. But you're not going to get every fucking scoop in the world. So, And that's okay. Yeah. All right. Dude, Carlson's been eating my lunch for, you know, the better part of this season. Let's uh, give somebody a box to put their lunch in. Lunch box. Lunch, lunch box. box. <laughs> All right. So I'm... <laughs> Pleased, I'm right. I'm pleased to announce we can finally give this thing. So we have a winner this week. Thank you. You know, if you if you weren't here or if you were here but you forgot, you know, we had two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. We had fifteen people enter we two weeks ago. Speak your names. We had fifteen people enter two weeks ago. And nobody won. So we rolled it over. Because <laughs> um, nobody pulled the prices Rice $1 bid. Come on. Right. We rolled it over. Nobody won. And so of those 15 people, only 12 of them sent in new numbers. On top of that 12, we had 17 new people enter in. So the giveaway for that we pre- presented last week, part two, if you will, had 29 people who threw their their hat in the ring and i think just as an aside that is our whatever word busiest people want this goddamn box (laughs) most most populous giveaway we've ever done nice and so again 29 entries and we didn't need the tiebreaker because there was only one person who well (laughs) there was only one person who got it right the Sharks goalies over these three games at Vegas versus Detroit versus the New York Rangers. Excuse me. The collective save percentage was 863. Or I'm sorry, 866. That was the collective save percentage, 866. <laughs> Y'all got fucked by Detroit. And of the <laughs> of the 29 entrants, 28 of them were over 866. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. One dollar. Right. So coming in with a guess of 833 save percentage, which 833 is far away from 866, but it is the closest without going over. So And they were in the chat tonight. Burge 7F91. They were in the chat earlier. I don't know if they are currently. You are the big winner. It's Burge? It is Burge. Oh! Uh, I know they were in the chat earlier. I don't know if they're still here. Oh, yeah. No, they were. They were. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's my Owen Wilson Uh, impression. Oh, wow. But so they, and you know, if they're listening currently, you know, send me a DM on Twitter. Send me an email. We'll we'll get your address. I'll pass it to AJ and he'll fire off the goods to you. 
Um, nice. And congratulations. Good job at aiming low. <laughs> <laughs> um, well done. Yeah, really. And really exciting. As I said, you know, this was our pessimism pays off. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, um, like as I said, our most populous giveaway, we had 29 entries and Burge is in the chat. Shout out. Yeah. Shout First out time Burge. I ever won everything ever. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Throw that comment up there. <laughs> well, that, but the uh, Burge, I'm just saying right now, you better be in the continental U.S. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to dox this person, so I'll keep it vague, but they are in the, in the uh, continental That's US. what I was looking for. Cause I was like, oh man, you watch this poor bastard is going to be in Finland or something. I'm like, I'm not paying the freight. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't want to dox them, but according to their Twitter, they are close. Sweet. Uh, so with that, we got, we're going to give away some more stuff. And in fact, uh, this is probably something that we're going to continue for every Sunday leading up to Christmas. So, yeah, uh, uh, the short, the short version is that AJ and I, over the last seven years have accumulated a lot of swag a lot of stuff. and we are now realizing, Hey, you know what? We might have a, a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. So this is where it comes. This is where it's come from. You know, I, you know, after, you know, four months after moving into my house and finally busting into my bins of swag, AJ has been in his house much longer than I have, but he too has some bins to bust into. So we're, we're coming up with, we're, we're going to find some cool swag for some giveaways. You know, it's, it's stuff that we have evolved from, but it's still really cool. And I think anybody else who can get their hands on it, I think would really dig it and, so like you said, I don't, you know, I don't want to say the, the, you know, the 12 days of jerkmas or anything. I don't want to say that, but, you know, more or less. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, every time we're doing this show. Yeah. I look at it and it says about 740, 742. And I'm like, we can easily wrap this up before the top of the hour. And then I blink and all of a sudden it's almost nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the next one. Yeah, we got another one. So. Get your pencils ready. Email or Twitter DMs. Both methods are acceptable. Yeah. So if you're interested in a 49er Sharks jersey that was given away last night, this is a size XL. There you go. Booyah. And if you want to win that, and there might be, uh, I might find something else to throw in there too. If you want to win that, the Sharks are going to be playing Four games this week. It's uh, Ottawa, at Seattle, L.A., and Vancouver. The last one being a takeover. Yes, we will be doing the takeover. So next week, when the hell is that game? It's a 5 o'clock game. <clears throat> oh, so we're going to be a little on a little bit later than normal. Pro- you know, probably closer to what, like 7.40 or something? So Yeah, between 7.30 and 8 o'clock, I would say. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to win that, here's how we're rolling. Four games are going to be played between now and next Sunday when we take over. If you want that jersey at, or not at, well, I guess you could if you want to. Sub- yeah, you could, if you want to. Yeah, if you want to hit up, uh, slide into Jerk's DM, sure. But the best way so we can catalog and keep keep everything uh, cool, uh, email hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com and tell him what you think the collective amount of ice time Eric Carlson will register the next four games. This is not an average. This is the collective. So if he if he posts up 23 minutes on Monday and 25 minutes on Wednesday and 
24 minutes on what the, you know, that number that you're going to be looking at is going to be somewhere around, you know, I don't know if he, if he's averaging 25 minutes a game, the collective total is going to be about a hundred and something. Right. And so, and so we'll hear, so we'll give you an example just to really, really like, square. Cause it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid you're going to get a bunch of emails that say like 22 point something because they're going to think it's the average. Right. You know, and so I want the collective. And so here, and so here's the best way to do it. So these last three games, the, the three games that we spent the last almost two hours talking about <laughs> Eric Carlson, he played, uh, against Minnesota. I'm sorry, against Las Vegas, he played 22-48. Against Detroit, he played 24-24. And against New York Rangers, he played 25-12. So uh, you would add those three numbers together, which gives you 72 minutes and 24 seconds. If the contest was about this week's games, that would be the number we were looking for. The added together of the ice time. So as AJ said, we've got four games this week, home Ottawa, away Seattle, home LA, home whoever, Vancouver, Vancouver I think. Yeah. Those four games, what is Eric Carlson's combined ice time in those four games? You need to get your answer in. Well, shit, I guess you need to get your answer in by tomorrow at 7 p.m. Pacific. That, that would be optimal. Optimal, but again, you know what? There's four games. If it comes in during the first game, we're not going to nickel and dime you. Yeah, yeah. Like if if we don't get it until Tuesday, I think. It, but I I would say Wednesday. In fact, you know what? Let's just make that the thing. It has to be in before the start of the game on Wednesday at Seattle. Before game number two. Yeah, before game number two. So we'll we'll basically we'll give you the first one as a freebie. That'll you can know you can gauge it. If you want to take that number and just say, okay, what's that times four and send it in? Fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever gets you gets you there. So that's the uh, we'll be doing the jersey, and again, I'm probably gonna throw something else along with there. Um, next week will very likely be uh, one of the giveaways that we're gonna do. Will quite likely be a what are they what are they calling that thing? <laughs> I mean, the Oakland Seals scarf. So that all arena giveaway that's going to happen, you know, for the, this is really more for people that, you know, unfortunately aren't in the San Jose area, can't go to the game. Like their only opportunity to get some of these things is to, you know, log on to eBay and get pro poked and prodded. <laughs> mm -hmm. And again, worth mentioning, just so there's no confusion, confusion closest without going over. Yes. On the EK combined thing. And the other thing, uh, and I'm not I'm not trying to call anybody else out. I'm just saying uh, there's no requirement. We've already and like you're you're not required to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You're not to required to follow us on social media channels. You're not none of that shit. It's email hockeyjerk10 at gmail dot com <laughs> that here's the combined ice time for Eric. We're not gonna ask you to dance through any other hoop other than just send us your guess. Yep, that's it. There's no no sign up required. Um, and uh, thank you, shout Eric. Out, and shout out to yep. And shout out to Jesse. Jesse has already sent their entry in. I've received it. It's been logged. You are all good, my friend. Sweet. So, all right. Can't wait to send off the box. Uh, look forward to doing another giveaway. And again, we're going to be doing this every Sunday until uh, 
Until the, we feel like it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Until we run out of shit or we, this stops being fun for us. Something like that. Who knows? But, uh, the, in not to say that these giveaways might, uh, might not, um, I don't know, go higher or lower in value. I'm just saying I happen to have a Timo Meyer autographed puck, a game puck. Oh, hey, now, you know, I think it all, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's almost like a secret Santa <laughs> yeah, where, you know, it's almost where, like, do I really want this anymore? <laughs> yeah, but like it's almost, but it's almost secret Santa, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, I need to tune, turn in, tune in next week. I want to see what the giveaway is. And it could be an autographed puck or it could be a crumpled territory sign. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the white elephant sort of deal. Absolutely. Yeah. It could be a uh, you know, elephant. Yeah, you might get you might get a game signed puck that says that has Timo Meyer signature on it. Uh, on the other hand, you might get a Dylan Gambro. You might get a game puck that's signed by AJ. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> but the point <laughs> is, is that there's no rhyme or reason to what it is. Yeah, just enjoy what you get. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sharks will finish a stretch where they play five of six at home, as the Sharks will host the Senators. Play at Seattle, host L.A. with a rare night game <laughs> on Black Friday. I can't remember the last time I've seen the Sharks it, play. Usually, at, it's a matinee. Yeah. So well, and usually, and usually, the the Wednesday game before Thanksgiving is usually a home game. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I know because I've gone to every one the last three years, and they all seem to be against the Blackhawks. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I have ticket stubs for like five or six games straight. That was always the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and it was always hosting the Blackhawks for whatever reason. I think maybe once it was the Hurricanes, but usually it was the the Hawks. We're up, so we're up to we're up to three entries now. Nice. And uh, did anybody go with the one dollar bet? Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Love. Of course, not not intentionally because everybody's guess is private, right? But 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 uh. But yeah, there, and I'm not gonna say who, you know, oh. but um, there are two of these guesses are uh, um, very close, we'll say. Ooh. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting. And again, <clears throat> excuse me, like, we are doing this down to the second, you know. Mm. So like, if if it's you know if it's, and again, I'm just throwing a number out there. If it's ninety nine twelve, and you come in with ninety nine thirteen, sucks to I'm be sorry. you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do nothing for you, man. Uh, evidently, all of these games, if the Sharks' website is to be believed, uh, the next four games are NBCS California. None of them are that crappy ESPN BS. Okay. We're, up to, we're, we're up to four entries now. <laughs> we have four. <laughs> Still coming in. Can't Not, not yet. Yeah, we're, the, not yeah we're, we're not there we're, yet. We're not there yet. We're going to count all the entries. <laughs> yes, every vote counts. Every entry will play. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Sharks host the Senators, play at Seattle, host LA, and finish up on Sunday. Yikes! Against the Canucks, which means so here's here's the the you can look at this one of two ways. It's a pucknologist takeover, so that means we're starting a little later than normal. We have to do a little bit of the after dark vibe. So on that part of it, you may be like, oh, that part sucks. But then conversely, you might be like, hey, we don't have to hear Puck Guy do the whole did somebody say Vancouver thing. It's it's really up to you how you want to play that. I mean, it, there, we haven't ruled out me saying it, though. This is true. <laughs> we haven't ruled out me going back to an older show and just clipping out that little audio piece and putting it on the soundboard. Yeah. Things and can happen. 
I don't think anything's been ruled out. Dude. So, uh, instead of our normal 7 p.m. start time, we'll be on immediately at the conclusion of Sharks versus Canucks next Sunday. So, remember to check out the other post-game casts that are going to happen this week. we got Puck Guy, Ian, Landy, Dana, Mark, all of them going to be here doing something. Well, I don't know about Mark. Mark, where, where is that guy? <laughs> Come on, buddy. We have to play New York at some point. Wait a minute. Didn't we just play New York and he wasn't on? Ah. <sighs> Uh, so you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video. If you were not able to join us live and if you have any topics that you want jerk and I to talk about, uh, feel free to just drop them in the chat live because we'll, we'll chop it up or join us on discord. Remember he's the chief of chiefing over there at hockey underscore jerk has your backstage pass to the discord. Just letting you know. Remember to subscribe on YouTube, follow us on social media, and if you listen to the cast on something like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Subscribe to that content, leave a review if possible, because we want to game that algorithm, baby, and try to boost it up. And you can find the links to all of our social media, podcast apps, and more in the included show notes. So, as always, find everything on TealTownUSA.com. We have one item left that I don't believe we got to. And that would be tweet, tweet. Oh, 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 week. <laughs> I love me some, some John Tortorella. I hope you do too. Torch, you guys give up the first goal. Just, just thoughts on your team start here so far in the first 15 plus minutes. We suck. We haven't forechecked. We haven't done anything as of right now. What do you want to see differently? Forecheck. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I love torts. Like, oh my God. Do you know the ludicrous sums of money I would be interested in spending if I could get a uncensored center ice package? Oh, that would be great. Dude, just kill the mics in the crowd unless they're relevant because something happens or whatever. But it's kill the broadcast. I don't I don't want to hear the, the color commentary or any of that stuff. Just give me mics pointed on the ice and at the benches and in the boxes. Oh, dude, what what does center ice cost? Was that a couple hundred bucks or something? Gee, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how would we know? We're too busy I flying gonna, a pirate flag. <laughs> I was gonna say for 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 reasons we can't get into, uh, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've I've I bought it a few. But you times. know, well, actually, you know what though? Because the NHL package has been built into ESPN Plus, so that would be what eight bucks eight bucks a month if you don't do the Disney bundle. Really? Oh, okay. See, I remember back when it was like its own package, like Sunday Ticket. It no, was... they they roll part of the new deal with with Disney with the the. TV package was the NHL. Uh, the NHL package got rolled into ESPN Plus. It's actually like you know, not no free ads or anything, but the Disney bundle is actually a really good deal. Like all things aside. No, oh, okay, that's. I just remember though, back when it was its own package, I think it was something along the lines of like maybe 150 bucks, 170 bucks, somewhere in there. Dude, I I I'd, I'd drop. I'd consider dropping about 250 for a package <laughs> that it was literally. <clears throat> here's every game. No collar commentary, no play-by-play, just on ice mics. Oh my lord! The, the the just to hear the chirps, to hear some of the coaches just railing. Oh my lord! Uh, and and some of the the back and forth with the officials. Oh, you'd love to see it. 
How much would you pay? Uh, I well, would, I think the key there nothing? is, I would, well, the thing is, I would pay. That's the key because currently we don't. <laughs> <sighs> Can we edit that out, Stephen? Clear that. <laughs> uh, so I have a famous last word before we go, sure. and it's more of a famous last question. Ooh. So we're talking about giveaways and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, give it away now. So when I've gone to the, you know, say the Sharks are in town and I go to the game here against the Golden Knights, I usually will go with my fiance. And, you know, for some reason, it always ends up that the game we go to, there's a giveaway. You know, I don't know if they like giving stuff away against the Sharks. Um, But so the game in the preseason back in the end of September, there was a giveaway. Uh, It was like a really goofy like gilded uh, bust of Riley Smith. <laughs> um, and so I'm wondering, like as part of our giveaway, would it be offside to do a Colton Knights item in the giveaway package? <laughs> oh man. When's, uh, hold on. When's the, uh, the next time we face the Golden Knights? Are we already done? Cause we played them twice already, right? Uh, we get them. We get them. I think we get them one more oh, time March in 30th. each building. Yeah, I see March 30th and February 16th. So, all right. Well, you know what? Maybe we have to save that, like, you know, put it on the shelf or whatever, and then just put, like, February 16th, and maybe that'll we'll have to do a, a, a specific After Dark giveaway or something. Yeah, there you go. See if we can lure in some Golden Knights fans. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, that's the last thing, they, or that's the first thing they all want to do, right, is listen to a Sharks podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I think if we turn this into the instead of we changed it from the pucknologist to the refs suck, they'd all be in here. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, then. so uh, that that'll do it. We thank you so much for watching and joining us. How we ended up at over two hours, I don't know, but it happens. But we do thank you for watching, listening, joining us live or on the replays on your favorite podcast catcher. So we will see you next Sunday. It'll be right after Sharks Canucks. So a little later for those that join us live. Hope you have a fantastic week and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Catch you next Sunday.